Yeah, so good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Bailey alongside Ricardo Medina, the one and only. Hello, hello, hello. And this is our very first 2016 episode of Bears, Beats and Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording inside the uh, food court over by the GFK Auditorium in, um, in UWE. Yeah. It's surprisingly quiet right now. It's actually dead with the exception of this stupid machine here that keep playing this music commercial. But, you know, yeah. if you hear it in the background, just, just, just ignore it for the time being. Yeah. So, uh, what are we going to be talking about today for our first episode? Raquel? Yeah, so for the year, we will decide. I wanted to just let's do a kind of recap, recap of trends for the year. <laughs> recap. Yeah, a recap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, recap, yeah. No, uh, yeah. So, for the year, um, that's the general trends and what we think might be issues for 2016. Mm-hmm. So, 2015 was kind of a slowdown for the comic book stuff. Yeah, a lot I of didn't hear that much new right. things in terms of um, well, comic books. Well, in the big movies, it kind of slowed down for the year because Age of Ultron, as I say, I think Age of Ultron is a bit of a letdown. Um, oh, that's what you're referring to comic book movies or just comic books in general? No, comic, comic book movies. Oh, okay, in terms okay. Of I thought you film. meant No, in terms books. of the film industry. Because right. the thing is, the comic book, a lot of people think it, look at it as like a wave, but it's more like a rising tide that here to stick. You know, I yeah. can't see it ever slowing down. It's, it's, it's not a bubble. It's bigger than that because you could do so much with the material. Yeah. And it kind of already covers the sci-fi genre very well. True, true. Um, so that it kind of it kind of takes that lunch. You know, very very few very very few sci-fi's could do something on its own, unless it's going to be very adult and not catering to a younger audience, like say Marvel and Disney will do. Right. Um, so there's so that. Um, are there like books that could um, that more or less follow that trend that could possibly be. Uh film in the future yeah um, so stuff like well the YA novels also kind of cover these general sci-fi premises as well yeah. um, um, very me, well I guess Maze Runner is a good example right um, yeah all the, all the, Divergent all, yeah, yeah all, the, all the YA stuff does that um, and then you know this year we well sorry last year <laughs> well, no this year this, oh, this year, year okay. yeah, this year we now see the rebuilding of that now we start to see b- bigger movies there. hopefully they'll be good so yeah. we have six count them six big comic book movies coming yes. out this year this will um, be can we call them off the top of our heads yes right, I, can, yeah. I could do that um, we have Deadpool coming first yeah Deadpool is coming out um, yeah, it's coming February. out the f- yeah, in February yeah. I think it's the Friday before Valentine's Day which is falling on a Sunday yeah. so I may actually go and check that out on, on Valentine's Day yeah. no, um, no 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 Fifty Shades of Bullshit to, to worry about so yeah. definitely um, Deadpool we have de- de- yeah Deadpool we have uh, Captain America Civil War yeah we have Doctor Strange yeah, that's that's in uh, November, yeah. right? No, Doctor Strange sold it. I believe oh. so. It's, it's okay. either October or November. Yeah, is, is, yeah, yeah it's have, later. We in have the, Doctor in Strange. The we have. Um, yeah, Batman v Superman. Batman of course. v Superman. Dawn of Justice. We have Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, which is in that. August. Yeah, we expect that. And then, last but not least, um, we have X Men. Might be least X Men: Age of Apocalypse. That is the no, 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 no. You're saying Age of Apocalypse. It's just X Men Apocalypse. Uh, just call Apocalypse, not the Age of Apocalypse. Yes. Or just call Apocalypse. Okay. Apocalypse, yeah. Whatever. They're using the Age of Apocalypse arc. Okay, well, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah of comics. course, right. Yeah, um, yeah, and that is it. So it's just big competition that lunch. Now, speaking of that, we just have... Well, well just, just, I, just, just before you get to that, um, this is just my little speculation. Um, and not like a, like a just praying for this to happen, but I think this could be DC's year. Right. Well, I mean, of course, it's two against four, but still, at the end of the day, well, they have Suicide Squad and they have Batman well, v Superman. Already, if those I, shows yeah, it's are big hits, then. It's really a triple threat match between three studios, not two. Um, even though it's, it's Marvel properties versus DC properties. But it's really three studios. It's the Marvel studio, Fox, and DC. 
right know, and well WBU should say mm-hmm. um, you know Warner Brothers has been doing a splendid job in almost everything else but uh, live actions yeah we uh, mentioned that before they, yeah. they've done with you know the, yeah, the, the animated, animated films animated with the TV shows still, yeah. animated so. films Pong for Pong is quite good yeah. um, the TV shows I think Pong for Pong quite good I've been really enjoying Supergirl and Flash same uh, here same here yeah, um, never, Arrow I Arrow, need to get into that no, it, that's the thing with me and Arrow Arrow is a, a series that um, I just don't hate the Arrow character but Arrow is pretty good I can't, yeah. I can't knock Arrow or say it's like a particularly bad show yeah. Um, for me it's just so much episodes too little time that's, that's I just yeah I don't care enough and then Gotham is the show I care least about because <laughs> it's a show that doesn't work for me and doesn't make much sense I, um, I, I still like it's, 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 it's a guilty pleasure for me okay. right? it's one of those things you just shut your brain off and just yeah. watch like alright that's cool that's interesting yeah right. and then this year we have a bunch of like well we, we're seeing um, films a lot of other big films are trying to replicate this mega franchise um, superstardom that we've seen for the last year which is Independence Day um, yes, yes, a, lo- be, a lot of nostalgia. Right, movies, be ca- yeah. right catering to, to 90s nostalgia now. Yeah. Um, and then we have. Oh, and um, there's, there's rumor that I think it's either rumor or it's going to be a, a, a reality. Gonna have a Jumanji remake. Right, that, that yeah. could potentially be huge. Another so 20th hap- anniversary. What, what ended up happening is that, well, because Jurassic will end up making tons of cash, they only surpass uh, by Avatar and, well, at this point, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Right. Um, yeah, it. The independence they're trying to bank on that that nostalgia money and it might not sure it will yeah don't know, don't know if it will that might be a gamble that might not work uh yeah. but i i when i saw what jurassic world did and i thought jurassic world was less than mediocre it was actually yeah. quite underwhelming it, it, it was so but as, as, a, as a b movie yeah it was it, it, it was what it was it, no, yeah. it came off as a b movie and yeah. it worked as but a no, B-movie. yeah, it more felt like trying to be compete with Sharknado and that type of thing. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't compare it with those, but yeah, no, no. So. In terms of the, it was just that with a better budget, and mm-hmm. you know that is what it felt like in terms of the film. Like, oh well, it, you know, a, a raptor fights the T Rex at the end, and yeah. you know, that stuff. Now, then all of them gang up on the, you know, the big whatever. The the big ass, right? Yeah, <laughs> whatever right, it was, <laughs> yeah. Rex. Uh, yeah, okay. No, and I, uh, when I saw that, I was like, okay, if this makes so much money then how come then Independence Day is expected to make a ton of cash um, yeah. I'm not sure it, if, it, if it'll do that is you know we know we, it's difficult to predict these things yeah. but if there's a trend then yeah Independence Day will make a ton of cash mm. and even though it might be a terrible film it might be as bad as okay, looking like Battleship as far as I concerned that oh, last trailer was looking yeah. <laughs> even not, mentioned Battleship yeah that, that, but last, the last trailer was really underwhelming and I was like are you fine so? yeah I, no, it looked it, terrible it, 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 all it, the, it, the story going on I was like yeah this, this is lazy and not yeah. even I, I, I just, I just liked it from a visual perspective. Yeah. Like, but it didn't feel like, oh, well, this is how ID4, well, Independence Day right. was back in 96. Exactly. It just felt really different. But and still, on, top of that, on top of that, Will Smith is not part of it. And that, that to me, sucks, was a big selling point of the movie. Whatever. Yeah. We will see. Whatever. Um, um, we're also having, but uh, I really wish, I really hope that we get that down here in Trinidad, a re-release of... Terminator 2 Judgment Day oh really which in my opinion is the best action movie ever made right, okay. but it's celebrating its 25th anniversary okay. so it's going to be re-released in 3D okay now I could see myself going to see that because they did that for Jurassic Park I yes, remember yes, it, and, did, uh, yeah. I thought that wasn't half bad I thought that was okay um, oh. if it was a big fan I wasn't the biggest fan of a Jurassic Park me and me but, but I, I know I know right. the, the impact it, it, it made but when there's, it came a, there's a whole audience that loved that movie um, so I'll say the biggest well of course Arguably the biggest movie ever we'll see worldwide. Well, domestic for the United States is Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Yes, recently yes. passed Avatar, um, yeah. and it still hasn't opened in China yet. Wow! Um, or oh, I yeah. think it just opened China today, or something like at the time of this recording. 
Um, so yeah, it's gonna be. I think it'll go. It's gonna be the biggest movie again. Yeah, but and it's no, just amazing. No one really think yeah, about it. Numbers you know? wise, again, yeah. I you know my well, I already said my opinion about this before. So we can what it is. Uh, you know, it's Disney the age of mediocrity. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's money. They know yeah. what to, they know what they're doing from a money making standpoint. They exactly. understand how the world works. They really do. Um, in that sense. And oh, and, and speaking of which, we're having Rogue One, which is one of the right. um, prequels to, to um, Star Wars, right. which I honestly am not keen for because I just don't like the idea of them doing prequels on Again. top of sequels. But right. if this is Disney's plan to take over the world with Star Wars, right. well, what am I to say? Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, I expect Rogue One to be okay. Um, whatever, we'll see with, with it. Force Awakens had to be the way it was, uh, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, for better or for worse. Yeah, they had to. They had to do it that way. They couldn't. They couldn't play with it or, or tinker with it in that sense. And yeah, it, it worked perfectly. The plan worked perfectly. Um, they made a ton of cash. Right. You know, again, much more than Avatar. It was just huge. This thing was like a supernova hit in cinema. Yeah, it, that, that it was. Um, it, I think this weekend it was the first weekend that they, that uh, it was in the American domestic box, box office was beaten. Okay. For the first time. Um, this was right. by The Revenant. Yeah. The Revenant um, has just opened um, in the United States. It's coming out Wednesday at the right. time. Well, Wednesday from this is what, Sunday today. Mm-hmm. So Wednesday, I'll be going to see it on the premiere. We'll be doing that hopefully next week. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely check the that movie. Although, although, I watch, well. although I've seen the movie before um, yeah. and I really enjoyed it and that's why it was on our last year list. Yeah, uh, but, big, I, but we just have to see it on big screen. Yeah, I have to go see it on big screen. I yeah. will go see it a second time. Right. Speaking of that, um, but this time before we get it. Um, so, what about music as well, too? Well, from what what I could think of in terms of you know hip hop, um, you know Kendrick Lamar probably dropping the most important rap record of the year right. last year. Tipping my butterfly. Now we're hearing talks about uh, him collaborating with J Cool, mm-hmm. which was a which was a collab album that you know people waiting for for years. Well, a few years or so since they kind of hinted at it. Got a few tracks where. G. Cole rapped over one of Kendrick's beats and vice versa. Right. So it was kind of like, all right, when's this going to happen? And then we got a, a cover fit, an unofficial cover for the album. Um, I'm not sure what he, re- what, he, what he really said this. I'm not sure if it came out as yet, but, um, you know, if, if this is going to be a reality, then, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. So that's one. Also, Kanye's album is supposed to drop as well, yes, which he I, pushed back, I, I guess, see, because no, I've, of. I've the, been seeing. Okay, so I, I do follow Kanye, Kanye West on SoundCloud. And yeah, I've seen been you know putting out stuff. Yeah, interesting. He, yeah, he put out one um, last week, Real Friends. Right. Yeah, which I, was I saw some good. stuff. I saw some stuff like yesterday and the day before, like this. Stuff oh, he, on, he yeah. brought them more stuff. Though. Right. Yeah, I saw okay. a couple other things. Isn't good looking? Something good. Something decent. Um, what else? Yeah. Um, I was hearing talks about um, Andre 3000 from Outcast oh, really? may drop a project. Well, nice. sorry, he's considering dropping one. I'm not sure if he will this year. Okay. I'm still waiting for the reunion of Outcast, yeah, although it real. might not be a reality. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apart from that, I can't really think off of my head um, any major, um, any major hip hop projects dropping this year. So right. you know, I'll I'll just be surprised by what comes up. Right. Um, what else? Yeah, um, well, television. We, yeah, we have Game of Thrones yeah. season six coming out. Right. Um, Everybody's I, like hinting at, at, at maybe the, the possibility that Jon Snow may may, may, um, may right. return. Yeah. Or most of the story might linger on his mm-hmm. presence, I guess. Yeah. So, I we'll show I have not. I regretted not starting to watch um, this year, and I would have talked about it. I will talk about it now. Is a show called The Expanse. Uh, Expanse. Yeah, nice what little, what nice um, network is it on? This is uh, it's supposed to be on Sci-Fi soon, I think. 
but it I saw it online. It was entirely online. Like it was totally not leaked. It was released on torrent on a torrent website. All right. Um, how many how many episodes? We so far, about? it's been six episodes. Uh, oh, so there's still more but to come. Yeah, it's a ten ten for the first season. So we'll see that the rest of that. It's pretty damn good. It's it, it a lot. It's more hard hard sci-fi. Um, but the mystery is pretty good. What's yeah. what's going on? The twist with it is quite good. And yeah. Um, yeah, and I think this is the issue I have, and we're going to see this, this argument replay itself again, which is the age of, you know, the, the distinction between art and compass. The age, I call it Disney's age of mediocrity. This is how I look at it. Um, this, again, might sound, you know, bad, but J.J. Abrams, I will compare to Carlos Mencia, if you understand what? that. If you can understand that reference. So that's how I see him. It's he just knows how to appeal to a mass audience and people who are relatively ignorant of what is quote-unquote good. Yeah. And he just rehash that stuff for them. Whatever happened to, to Carlos Mencia? His career, his career was destroyed. Why? Because he stole material. From From who, many comedians. Many, many comedians yeah. throughout the like, years. You're just re- usually rehashing jokes from so many other comedians at the time. Right. And, like I, like and I could think Dave Chappelle. I think that's like no, one no, he didn't, that, that like he, I think he still like one or two jokes from Dave Chappelle, but this wasn't really Dave Chappelle. You could go back even further. He just took material, rehash it, and then sell it back. Right, you know. and try to put some Hispanic make, spin on right, it. Right, well, which is which is even worse because he's not even a Mexican, but he constantly yells the word "bino." That was a weird yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that, that was a gimmick. But anyway, but the on. point is, the point is that he is a very uncreative force. Um, and I, even though I defended JJ in my Star Wars review, I still think that's the, the direction he took, and he kind of had to take it. It's forced to, unfortunately. He is making a new series, though. I think, and I forgot. A TV series. Yeah, new series. And I um, thought he, he abandoned TV, and you know. It's he, him, yeah. and I think it was also it's a based on a book, and it's also a Stephen King idea involved with it. So right. there's I forget the name of it. It's coming out soon. Um, so you have some. His name is attached to a lot of projects. Okay. Or, okay. Which makes sense because again, Star Wars made multiple Titanic boatloads of cash. Yeah. Um, and not 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 metaphorically and physically. Um, okay. Both. Right, both in terms of the TV, the movie, and in terms of the actual boat, boat loads of cash. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of which, we have, um, well, I know a show that you're least um, looking forward to Star Trek. Yes. Yes. Star Trek, um, what is Beyond? Yeah, Star Trek Beyond uh, or, or, two, or, or Star Trek Tokyo Drift yeah, or whatever two, you want to call track, it. Two Trek Two Yeah, Two Trek Two Furious. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> I, you know, I, the thing with Star Trek, I've, I, I've really found myself maturing on the material at this point in terms of what has to happen with it. But yeah, this is going to be terrible. I don't expect it to be good. I expect it to be as bad as Into Darkness. If it's disproven me, proven me wrong. You find Into Darkness was that bad? Yeah, that's terrible. Because again, it's... No, I mean, it's, not, it's, not, not, no. not from, a, from a tricky perspective. I just no. mean as a movie. No, as a movie, yeah. Because of the, uh, what I call the, Car- the Carlos Mencia premise. What I call the Carlos Mencia problem. Which is you rehash it and you just assume that everyone who knows the original is dead. Right. That's your attitude. Like, you know, yeah, Khan and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, instead of coming up with something new, you just rehash the damn thing. And that kind of pisses them off now. You know, you just assume that everyone who was into the original material is dead. That's the attitude. Well, it's the new generation. Let me sell them up the old crap. Come on. That's lazy. That, that loses a lot of, um, you know, a lot of respect in my opinion. That's why I didn't really like Creed all that much. Because of that, same thing. Kind yeah, of reha- like Creed, it felt rehashed. It yeah. felt rehashed. I had a problem with that. Yeah, but I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. No problem. And you could come up with so many new new things, new material and new ideas, and um, it have many room to do something creative with it. And they didn't do that. They don't care. They just playing it safe. I yeah. get why you had to play it safe. There's a lot of money riding on it. But yeah. Still, they could do something with it. All right. Well, well, the last thing I could mention in terms of like 2015, in terms of movies, something very strange. But you know, we we we, we I could, I for one could have seen it coming. 
this whole nostalgia wave. Yeah. Everything was just these nostalgia pieces. Um, I thought it was just Terminator Genesis yeah. and Jurassic World and then it turned into Peanuts movie, Star, uh, sorry, Star Wars, Force Awakens, mm. Creed, which you just talked about. Yeah. Um, no, again, so many to mention. Again, you know? I, don't, I don't mind that and I know why it is, again, we will go back again the Art vs. Commerce argument. Right. I have no problem with that because I, yeah, I want to see new IPs get a chance. This is why I do still respect Bini, um, Guillermo del Toro. I was about to say yeah, for doing or trying yeah, new things. Right. Oh, I do respect um, the Wachowskis, right? Yeah. Because they're trying something new. It might fail and flop, and that's the problem. They are examples of why it is that you don't try a new IPs. Because you try a new IP, they fail miserably, and then everybody like, ha, ah, look, yeah, you know, they fail. These are the guys who made the Matrix, but that worked then. If yeah. the Matrix busts, well, that would be a different story. It'll be a different history. Mm-hmm. And I, it is interesting to see how that cycle, if that, if if there's a cycle at all. Um, how it will play out um, in terms of when to time a new IP and make it huge and right. make it work and make it good and have it not be um, following for cliches or whatever it is and trying to be quote-unquote truly original or as quote, like, uh, like, like Terminator Genesis for example right yeah. well, no, but that's the thing with Terminator Genesis it's a shame because they could have really tried something new and they just they kind of tried it but yeah. it didn't work and they started off trying it and then yeah. they just I don't know but it, we talk about just new IPs entirely like right. a brand new science fiction IP yeah, and it's, it exists because we have so much material now, so much, yeah, yeah. So much money in terms of people getting um, a chance to see stuff and so much technology relatively being cheap. Mm-hmm. You could get to see, like, okay, the Expanse, for example, quite good. Um, but you could tell the budget on the, a bit on the low end. Well, yeah. Because, but you have good yeah. people. Mm-hmm. You have good actors, isn't it? Um, it has, uh, this guy, the first Spanish actor. Was, uh, oh, um, oh, what's his face? He was in Hung. He was in a show called Hung on Each Okay, I can't remember. Thomas Jean? Thomas Jean. There exactly. we go, right. Yeah. He, uh, he's in it. He's one of the main stars. Quite good. Um, right. And they get into the whole biology of gravity. You know, how gravity affects people. So, basically, you have three different, sorry, four different cultures. And it's basically, the only way to differentiate them biologically uh, is through how much gravity they've been exposed by all humans. But some have grew up in zero gravity. Some people grew up on the moon. Some people grew up on Mars. And then some people grow up on it. Okay. And you, there's, there's a whole thing with that. Um, yeah, so that's hard science. And yeah. yeah. It, it really like, holds on to the hard science reasonably well. Yeah, but, um, that, but that's something that you could translate easy into a series, you know, yeah. into a movie. It's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah, way hard. Time, yeah. yeah. And yeah, we will see, we'll see that, that whole um, paradigm shift with, with respect to, um, you know, how it is that you're going to balance art and comics and do an interesting story and an idea and then try to make money at the same time. Yeah, um, exactly. It's going to be really difficult to see. I've got really, really, very, only very few filmmakers, as we repeat ourselves, the only filmmaker I think really kind of did a good job of walking a tightrope was um, Christopher Nolan. He's the only yeah, person that really does a good job of trying to give you something big and original and relatively interesting and new mm-hmm. um, with his ideas. And even he falters, I think. Um, yeah, and, but there's still that movie-going experience yeah, that, exactly. that will be a money. That's, that's the main point, and yeah. we'll talk about this with The Revenant, and we're going to talk about this with Hateful Eight, Hateful Eight which is how to get your ass out of your house and into, <laughs> into a theater. A cinema. How and to stay do, there and until stay, the movie yeah, ends. Yeah, how to do that. Yes. And we're going to just jump, we're going to just do this very, very awkward segue straight into the Hateful Eight review. Go ahead, do it, do it, do it. Yo, this... That example proves how you have to be what they call a holistic filmmaker. And boy, oh boy, Quentin Tarantino is a holistic filmmaker. This yes, man knows is. how to yes, get he you. Is. He knows how to get you out of the theaters, into the cinema. Sorry, out of your house, into the cinema, and make you um, make that material work. 
Yeah. This movie, I will make the mistake of I totally regret watching this film. Um, you know, as a it, screener copy. As a screener copy. Yeah. It's it's the quality is the same. You know, on my television, I had a relatively big television. Um, my television screen is not that not small. It's a reasonable size, about fifty two. Right. It's okay. Um, watch it in the dark. Try to get a cinematic experience. I still didn't enjoy it. Um, and I, I thought this was I, I, I didn't consider it for later on part of my list and I kind of regret that now now watching it in theaters is a totally different experience yeah it is it is totally different experience and yeah. it's like wow this is a, a 70 millimeter yeah. first swing post that you totally noticed that so I went to see it in Movie Town in Shogunas now in Trinidad the only theater and this big props to Movie Town this is the one thing that Movie Town has going for it is that Movie Tongue, for what I understand, at least just from just my experiences in terms of particular films, A, you'll get to see more rarer films in the Movie Tongue Port of Spain. They'll just come for a weekend and go away. I don't think Ex Machina showed anywhere else but that, as far right. as I know. Um, and they also follow project instructions in Port of Spain Movie Tongue. Okay. I, I did not see it in Port of Spain Movie Tongue, however, I went to see it in Port of Spain. I'm sorry, in Shogunas Movie Tongue. And it I still enjoyed it, but I get the feeling that if I went for the Spain movie tongue, I'd probably see it properly. Right. I get that feeling. Um, however, it didn't matter. The final product was excellent. Um, again, I my big complaint about um, the heat failure was how it was too long and mm-hmm. stretched out and watered out. Nope, the time flew. It and did, this yes. was me seeing it the second time. Um, this was me seeing the second time. I should have gone see this in IMAX. Um, in the United States, they have a roadshow version where you get a, a booklet copy and you're supposed to have an intermission missing sometimes. Yeah, there's an overture, overture and there's an yeah. um, outro in the, yeah. at the end. And I, yeah, I heard, I heard also some extra, like an extra 10 minutes of footage or so, yeah. like you could get with, with the edit. Now. Yeah, I heard there was some issues in terms of the roadshow, like yeah. um, some, like probably, I think there was some issues in terms of the screening, like how yeah. the film was, was, was showcased or what. Yeah, yeah, and you had yeah. to follow projection. I knew a couple of people was making mistakes with the projector. Some projector, and I really feel sorry for some of those people where the projector uh, projectionist was not uh, up following instructions properly or did not operate a projector properly. Right. So some people were getting um, mismatches in sound, unfortunately. Um, some mismatches in frame. So you see in the frame before it, yeah, yeah. Before it, um, it switched switch the scene. You see nearly next frame is like, oh, that's yeah. kind of unfortunate. Um, 70 millimeter. This is how you're supposed to shoot a damn movie, boy. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, it yeah. <laughs> was filmed in 65 millimeter on film, people, not digitally. Yeah. It was fi- yeah. 65 millimeter and projected on 70 millimeter, right. which is like the widest yeah. possible screen that you could think yeah. of. And it looked damn good. Yeah. Um, it did. It did. It, the thing is, I'll say, okay, so just judging judging the film itself, I was not that impressed with the, the vistas. It only had one vista shot I really liked. This was when, um, well, slight spoiler, you see the scene where the guy was naked in the snow? Oh, yes, 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 yes. The the, the scene was just cut in half and it's just white and blue. That thought was a great shot. Yeah. Um, This movie shot in snow. Yes. For one, I understand the set was zero degrees. eh? It was very cool. So that, like, oh, like I was watching the um the, the, the mist coming out of the character's mouth, and I was yeah, really, and, and, that was, and was, that was that was something that Tarantino uh, wanted. He and I was wanted watching, to really and I was watching, emphasize and I was, on the cool. And I was thinking, like, wait, that is that mist is CG or not? I wonder. No, I, no, like, no, no, no. And then I take a while. I was like, oh no, it's real mist. Whoa, wait, the set was zero degrees Celsius. Yeah, I think it was it was really cool. Yeah, it was a genuinely cool scene. Um, and this is why we get, we're going to talk about this with the Revenant again, which is the set is a ridiculously brutal set. Yes, it was. Um, oh my god. And we get to see great characterization. Um, story was I like even though I didn't like the I still don't like the end. Alright, I, I will I will talk about the well not spoil the ending, but, but the, I will talk acting, about that. The acting was excellent in this movie. So the people who who stood out for me in terms of acting for this movie, I think um, should get some Oscar nominations, Jennifer Jason Lee. 
Yes. She was um, excellent. The funny thing is that it's only the second, after the second time I saw the movie because yeah. I watched it. Um, I didn't go to movie town Chaguanas to see it. I saw it in good old-fashioned Caribbean cinemas, 8 in Trinity. And though I didn't get, I mean, it's not like I was going to get that 70 millimeter experience, but the screen was wide enough for me to really enjoy the, the vastness of it. And yes, watching it again, I was I, I was a little bit more impressed by Jennifer Jason Lee's performance. Yeah. The first time I was like, all right, she didn't really do much. She didn't really have that much of a presence. Or she, didn't, she didn't really have that much to do. Right. But then when I watched it over, it's like, yeah. okay, yeah. right. Now I get it now. Yes, yeah. yes. Now no, I see what the phrase comes But this is what I keep talking about with the, with, the, with the whole scene in cinema. Because it's just not a, like me watching it on my TV. It was still a distraction. Tarantino, totally agree. Tarantino, yeah. again, the holistic cinema approach. Tarantino really gets to how to focus on a character and framing. Everything about this film improved. Yes. For me. Watching it in a in in on, in in a theater, yeah, yeah, and I was like, "What way? This is totally different, though." Yeah, you have like, no distractions, you nothing. have no Facebook, Everything you have nothing not, to no, no, but it wasn't. I was watching it straight, you know. I, again, I try to replicate the cinema feel in right, the house right, as right. much as I can. Turn off the lights, big screen, you know, it looked good. You're right. You know, it, not to say it looked like crap or anything like that. It looked good. Couldn't complain about that. But I was like, "It's a totally different experience because you see it in a theater. Mm-hmm. That is, you have. This is how to see it. This is as filmmaker who." I, well, I heard he making two more movies. Yeah, um, yeah, two it. more, and then he, uh, he, like, he well, make, make uh, well I, I will say this because I'm I'm a I'm a big Tarantino fan, and I'll get to that once you finish yeah. do your review, right? Yeah. So he he has two more films that he wants to do. I, I believe he wants to do a horror film. Okay. That was the last thing I hear. He wants to do a really, 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 really scary, frightening horror movie. Okay. And he promised us a martial arts film for ages. Yes, we have not. Mandarin. I'm hoping if I'm hoping that that should be his last film, and then right. after that he will just go into you know writing books and right. actually doing plays, like adapting his scripts for plays. So right. actually he he has the hateful hate in mind to actually turn into a play. Yeah, but that would, just the way awesome. how it was structured, the yeah, film, exactly. it would work perfectly would work, as a yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It really was a great play. Um, this film, uh, as I said, I really enjoyed. Um, it had great great characterization. Right. Don't, don't, don't get to the rating as yet, but no, I agree. No, <laughs> right. I just, I just tell him what I like. Okay. Um, the characterization was excellent. Um, the pacing worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. It, I keep saying again, when he watching it first time, I was like, ah, too long. Didn't like it. Yeah. Um, I still will say, I still one of my least favorite Tarantino films. It's not one of my favorites. Um, I just said no problem. Only, no only problem. because only because some of the actors um, was up to snuff. And there's only one actor I'll say really threw me off. I didn't like him. This was Tim Roth's character. Ah. He was too much, <laughs> yeah. too much Nigel Thornberry, yeah. in my opinion. Um, uh, you know, I think it's because I just missing Christoph Waltz in, in Tarantino's films. Yeah, but actually, Christoph Waltz was, was supposed to be in this movie. I, I, I can't remember what, what character. I suspect it's supposed to be Tim Roth's character. Because if it was Tim Roth's yeah, character, it, it it'd could. be perfect like that, you know, this enunciating... Yeah. gentlemanly but he's a psychopath kind of thing yeah but then you had to devote a lot of time to to that character okay you know christopher waltz right from you know from since django and chain yeah. and you know in glorious bastards yeah. before that he steals the shoe yeah. you know what i mean yeah so i can imagine him as either being tim roth's character or kurt russell's character okay, yes kurt russell's yeah, well, no, kurt russell's character kurt russell's character was worked in his way i find yeah i, see I have my, my view on, on his yeah. character so. um yeah so matthew does give us a yeah, all right run. so Alright, so this is alright, so I'm just gonna go on this little geek geeky little run a little bit because I'm I'm a huge Tarantino fan. Yeah. Um I would always say Kill Bill Volume One, which came out in two thousand three. First time I saw that, that just blew me away. Yeah. That motivated me more or less to study film because what that show did it was just like took all these genres, 
black exploitation anime, yeah. Shanbara, um, yeah. the revenge flicks, you know, stuff from the 70s and 80s. Stuff that you don't think would have worked if you formed them together. Yeah. And somehow he takes bits and pieces of all those and makes it into this cohesive whole and he makes it work. Yeah. And I was just blown away. I was like, I want to do something like that, you know? Yeah. But anyway, so just a little rundown about his films. Um, this here will hatefully be in his eighth film. So um, he started off. Actually, he got his his um, his first really major credit with um, writing the script for a movie called True Romance, right? Yeah. Which came out in '91. It was directed by the late great Tony Scott, right? The um, brother of Ridley Scott. Yeah. Really, gr- well, decent film, but y- you know when you watch it, you could tell. You see a lot of Tarantino isms in it. You yeah. know references to pop culture and movies. Yeah. Um, these really intricate dialogue like you know it just sounds like something that comes directly out of a paperback novel or something like that. does it have a trunk shot and a foot fetish shot yeah foot fetish yeah um, o- over the top violence yeah. like just really brutal and just like shows up just out of the blue you know that that's his signatures you know alright so 92 he came out with Reservoir Dogs um, low budget film premiered it in Cannes you know it, it was the talk of the town it sparked controversy because of a certain scene where a guy's ear got um, torn off. Yeah, got got um, not torn off. Sorry, got cut off. Cut off. off. And the funny is that you know watching Michael it today, Madsen. yeah, by 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 Michael Madsen, who's also in Hateful Eight. Yeah. And the funny is like the, the, just a spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it. The, you don't see the actual shot yeah. of the ear being cut off. It was actually there, like um, like if you watch the behind the scenes of Reservoir Dogs, you do see it. But because it didn't look that perfect, they just yeah, took it out. Yeah. But just the impact of it, just yeah. hit, knowing the fact that somebody's ear is cut off, and then you're hearing this really um, bubblegum pop song playing yeah. back, stuck in the middle with you, yeah. that just freaked people out. And like, you know, in retrospect today, I understand why people got freaked out. It's still a very powerful scene, and it's still a decent movie. Yeah, t- t- Not a great film, Tarantino, but... Tarantino always does, does juxtaposition with, with violence and, uh, you know, violence and cheeriness yeah, quite yeah. well. Um, and that's this part of this whole dark, yeah, dark humor yeah, that he has yeah, in his yeah, films. That, that black humor that he does very well. Yeah. Uh, um, again, he, he, you know, he's, he's what I call the eternal film student. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Which is why I yeah, really does stuff really. I mean, it, it's, it's it's a it's a good thing in that sense. Um, some people yeah. argue that he should have grown up in a sense, and the, the film that was supposed to do that was Jackie Brown. Um, where yeah. even though it's very, it, you could find a ton of references shot for shot. Of course, in um, Jackie Brown, it was it was supposed to be the Turner's career, and a lot of people didn't receive it very well. Yeah, and it the was, reason being is because of you know Pulp Fiction, which came, which right. is second. And it's only because it's such a big right, Pulp yeah. it was such a big movie. This one, I didn't, I, and I, that was kind of unfair. Of, uh, yeah, kinda, yeah, I find so. He kind of turned back. He kind of was like, yeah. all right, he going back, and he just you know, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a career, and that's what we kind of talk about in that sense. Yeah, but with with Jackie Brown now, um, I think that was where he was referencing um, Elmore Leonard. Yeah. The the author. Yeah. He took one of his books actually and just adapted it into this um as really a straightforward nineties drama, crime, thriller, comedy kind of thing. Yeah. But he adds elements of black exploitation into it. He has um well of course Samuel Jackson in it, yeah, uh, Robert De Niro in it, and of course Pam Grier. Yeah. You know, with a with a I won't call it a career redefining performance, no, but no. she really did show yeah. you know why she is such a iconic actress, you yeah. know. Um, but of course before that Pulp Fiction yeah. that's the one that really shot him into the mainstream yeah. um, just the way how it was structured you know just taking these different scenarios and stories just taking scenarios from you know like 40s noir films and just putting it in a 90s setting and then twisting it about so like 
everything takes place in two days, but the, the, the structure is non-linear. So you have to kind of follow up on what's going on and what takes place at what certain point in time and whatnot. Yeah. Um, John Travolta's career was renewed. Yep. Bruce Willis showed that he was more there was more to him than just being this action hero. Yeah. Um, Uma Thurman, you know, um, yeah, yeah. well, no, well, she she acted before, but this one Wait, really yeah, put her in the mainstream yeah. as well too. Ving right. um, of course, two yeah. memorable performers as uh, Marcellus Wallace. Yeah. Of course, Samuel Jackson, is, you know, wait, quotable. Wait, quick question: Is he a bitch? He is not a bitch. Right. Why are you trying to fuck him like a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Samuel Jackson with these memorable lines, quote after quote yeah. after quote from this guy, you know. Yeah. And of course, right. So there was Jackie Brown, which was criminally underrated. Yeah. And yeah, I, I do understand what you mean, where people kind of expected another Pulp Fiction, expected another violent, over the top thing, and what he got was just this complex. Really, it, yeah, it was really a complex film. But yeah. um, I would say it's not one of my favorites. But I do understand where he's coming from with it. I do like it for what it was. Right. So he took some time off. Um, well, yes, he he helped out his his uh, fellow filmmaker partner in crime. Robert Rodriguez yep. with From Dust Till <laughs> Dawn, which is still a guilty pleasure yeah, movie for me. Yeah, what I like the most about it is how it's structured. Like, if you saw the trailer for it, guys, right, vampires in this bar, and okay, this is what it is. <laughs> but when you when you really watch the film, it's like, okay, where are the vampires? Yeah. Where's this going? Yeah. And it goes one way, you're thinking it's this kind of crime thriller uh, kind of thing and Sel- then it just takes this sudden detour into yeah, Selma Hayek was yeah vampire territory it's like wait what yeah Selma Hayek <laughs> yeah, was, was yeah. here she was one of the strippers at the bar yeah, the and she was she was smoking hot yes yeah. yeah right so um so he came back of course with uh Kill Bill Volume 1 yeah. which awesome. was supposed to be part of this overall big four hour epic Kill Bill film but he broke it up into two films. So the yeah. first one came out in 2003. Yeah. One which I saw blew me away. Lucy yeah. Liu was badass. Uma Thurman, yeah. Fox was badass as well too. And of course, we saw David Carradine. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, we didn't see him. Another we just heard his voice. Another Lee Great. But we yeah. saw him actually in, in, the sec- in the sequel, which came out a year later. Yeah. And what I like the most about just the overall film is just how it was structured as well too. Yeah. First half is just your straight up action flick rape revenge that kind of thing um a lot of style and substance as well too and then with the second half you got the drama you got yeah. the real story you understood why things happened there uh, so first half was questions second half was answers really i um i don't know if i'm in the minority i think i am about this which is i prefer volume two yeah i know a lot of people prefer two uh, yeah, for I the story but I happen to one for me i love it just yeah. because it's style of it i think but i think i'm the minority for that one i really, really like volume two mostly because uh a the training sequence was just hilarious oh yeah so i'm uh, with uh Paimi. yeah yeah and go then, on loose character yeah yeah another iconic yeah. martial artist and then i loved um bill's interpretation of superman yes love yeah. that love that speech love that scene again tarantino on top of his game in terms of dialogue yeah again I, it, at no point you get the sense that it was necessarily tarantino's interpretation of superman probably is but it's really bill's interpretation of superman it totally get into bill's character yeah yeah you, you really understand why he is what he yeah. is and that that is one thing that i that i that i really love about tarantino's movies it, yeah. it's not like these characters are good because they're written this way or they're bad yeah. because they're, there's there's complexities yeah. too there's layers to them and you start to see these these sort of layers with you know with the characters in other films. Um, yeah. So with the next film, um, Death Proof, yeah. which was another part of a collaborative effort with yeah. uh, t- um, Ruff, with Robert Ruff, Rodriguez Ruff, yeah. to recreate the grindhouse experience yeah. of the 70s, where you got the double bill feature. Yeah. You got these kind of sleazy, over the top, really violent, really yeah. crude B movies. So you know, um, 
Robert yeah, Rodriguez, Planet Terror, which Planet I Terror. actually preferred more because yeah, yeah. it stayed true Loved, to what it was. It was yeah, over really the top, like, it was crazy, it was insane. Yeah. But I really liked Planet Terror and I really found myself hating um, Deadproof. Yeah, Deadproof. And, and like the, the issue with Deadproof, and like, I actually watched it over before I watched um, before I watched Hateful Eight, yeah. it's just the structure of it overall. It, right. it starts off with the sort of sleaziness of the, you know, those 70s films, you know, the... the, yeah. the, 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 the no, well... The sexualized woman and they're being targeted by this. Oh um, yeah, no right. By um, this, that proof, yeah. yeah, by this uh, killer who drives a car, stunt car. Yeah. And it's played by Kurt Russell, who plays stuntman Mike. Right. And the thing is, like, it's going a kind of way. It has the visual aesthetic and whatnot of the seventies films that you know, Planet Terror stayed with all through the film. So right. this one, you have the the Tarantino dialogue where you know characters talk about different issues, and you're kind of wondering, you know, it, it, it's all about character development. Yeah. But in this one, it felt like. This is padding. It's yeah, not interesting. Anyway. There's, you know, one thing about about Tarantino dialogue. It's always interesting, right. even if it doesn't relate to the story. There's always something very interesting, very thought provoking, very you know, something to really sit down and make you think a bit, you know, and you enjoy the way how it's being delivered. And this one is just chicks talking about you know uh, how many how many guys you had sex with or what bar they're gonna go to or who they met before and who's a lesbian and it's just really not going anywhere and then of course stuntman Mike shows up halfway into the film and you know he kills off the these random group of girls and then something weird happens in the second half where it switches to black and white so the the, the sort of grindhouse aesthetic which is the, you know the, the green and hiss and you know all that stuff disappears so it's just straight black and white. And then all of a sudden, it switches to full colors, full digital. Yeah. It looks modern day. And we have a new set of gills now. So we have Zoe Bell, right. which is, uh, well, one of Tar- Tarantino's regular actors. Mm-hmm. Well, she started off as a, as a, um, as a stunt woman. She was the stunt woman for Uma Thurman and Kill Bill, yeah. one and two. But then he said, uh, he, he really saw like the potential she had as, a, as an actress okay. who coming from New Zealand she actually was um, the stone woman for Lucy Lawless in um, Xena Warrior Princess oh really? yeah okay. so he saw that potential and then he brought her in to act as herself she was playing herself basically mm-hmm. So her and a, and a few other stunt women Rosario Dawson wasn't it a few yeah, other actresses Romero, as well too right. And they run into Stuntman Mike and he tries to kill them. He tries to run them off the road and they're like, well, oh, fuck, that should be going, we're going after him. And then we have this really awesome catch. You see in the end, so they catch up with him and then weirdly enough, he starts to cry like a bitch. He's like, no, no, yeah. no. And then they beat the yeah. shit out yeah. of him and it just ends. But yeah. it's still kind of like jarring to me because like, yeah. you know, what's the overall point? Yeah, no. no? Uh, so I, yeah, you know, that for proof. Me, no, for me, yeah. For not me, a, not a great movie. Now I remember that proof was for me. Just felt like yeah. a colossal waste of time. Well, and even Tarantino says he, he dismisses it. it. He hates it. No, yeah. it just didn't. It didn't have any focus. It yeah. didn't have any anything to it really. You know, yeah. but yeah, you're saying. No, yeah, no, yeah. For me, that proof I hated it. I remember just again. It just felt like a waste of time. Yeah, um, and didn't, it didn't stay. It. it didn't stay true to the grindhouse style. Yeah, anyway, so you know, like, what was the point? Yeah. You know, yeah. right. So anyway, so he came back. So fortunately, he came back. Um, I believe in two thousand nine mm-hmm. with Inglorious Bastards. Yes, I love that movie. Bastards, eh? yeah. which oddly enough is not a remake of a uh, Italian war film called The Inglorious Bastards, yeah. which was partly the inspiration for this film. And um, I actually watched that film early enough before I went to see Hateful Eight, like on the same day. Yeah. Right. And what impressed me about, like, even the first time I saw it, and this was it threw me off the first time I saw it is that it didn't feel like a war movie at all. No, it was advertised like a war film. You thought it was just about Brad Pitt 
and his band of you know um, Nazi hating yeah. soldiers going up against Christoph Waltz and you know the whole um, Third Reich. Yeah. But actually, it wasn't. It was more about this homage to old school film and cinema <laughs> and whatnot. And you know, it was like it was the film buff and the yeah. film student side oh, no, of, yeah, of yeah. Tarantino coming out again. Yeah. So it does. Yeah. This movie, I love this movie. Um, I would yeah. say two things. So it was a Tarantino showing off. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I know more about film than yeah, you yeah. do. So that was this whole, a lot of this that. whole sequence with Mike Myers and it just talking about film history apparently, which yeah. was hilarious, but it was awesome at the same time. Yeah. Um, another thing I noticed was the the film wasn't so much about the Inglourious Bastards. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Or if, if you want to think about it, and this is what I'll get to with, with Hateful Eight, is yeah. that um, once again, painting characters grey, not black or white. Yeah. And another thing I forgot to mention too, something that he also set up from since Reservoir Dogs, which was the theme of character. About not just so much actors, like real actors playing characters, but the characters in the film playing characters. So uh, I'll just go back to Reservoir Dogs just for, for a quick bit. So like, there's this one scene where Tim Roth's character, Tim Roth, of course, who shows back up in Hateful Eight. Uh, and um, he's a cop who goes undercover with this group of, um, of well, these group of criminals. And the criminals, of course, try to rob this bank, try to um, take these, these stash of diamonds, and then things go wrong. So he is a cop that's undercover. So he has to, uh, he has to prove to the, to, the, to the group that he is indeed a gangster. Sorry, he is a criminal. And he started off you know, selling weed and whatnot. So he has to recite the script that um, one of his superiors gives him. So he has to do it over and over and over and yeah. make it his own. So yeah. by the time he's performing it and you actually see it in the film, it's like you you buy into this and you right. you could see these other characters buying into it. Yeah. And you see these other things, you know, in, in Pulp Fiction, this is line, let's get into character, of course, you know. Um, John Travolta being the, 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 the bad guy, the hitman, but now he has to be this date more or less for Uma Thurman's yeah. character so he has to kind of pretend to be someone. pretend to be yeah. somebody that he's not and that's a team that also shows up in a lot of his films and then of course in Inglourious Bastards you know, yeah. you know um, where you have Christoph Waltz being the bad guy mm-hmm. the, the Jew hunter yeah. and you're thinking that you know yeah, he is just this terrible guy and he is terrible at points but at this point in time he is a gentleman he will sit down he will talk to you he will laugh at you he laughs at your jokes he makes jokes and whatnot. he's like yeah, he's this cool guy, but and you know, and, and every once in a while he would flip and, and he never cared. He would and kill he never, you at moment's notice. Yeah, and the character was never invested in Nazi ideology either. Exactly. He yeah. Never yeah. particularly like, oh well, it was about this, that, or the other. He didn't really yeah, it was just a job to him at, at yeah. the end of the day. And you know, Christoph Waltz earned um, Tarantino's second Academy Award, um, Academy Award win. Of course, his first Academy Award win was for Best Original Screenplay for Pulp Fiction, well deserved. But yeah, Christoph Waltz absolutely killed it in this yeah. one. And um, what I would say with this one, it was more substance over style. It wasn't just, okay, this is going to be Kill Bill, but just set in World War II. It's not that. It's about the story. It's about you really taking in the story and really delving deep and like, yeah, yeah. I like this. This is very, very, very clever. Yeah. Um, yeah but then with his next film, um, we brought in to, to, um, 2012. Django Unchained, yes. a, pop, a, a popular one among yeah. many yeah. Tarantino and non-Tarantino fans. And People love it a lot. Yeah, I love it as well yeah, too. No, it's Django, one of my yeah. favorites. For me, Django Unchained was his funniest movie. Yes, yes, yes. He had a lot of humor. A lot of black humor, but a lot of humor humor. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Very funny movie. Um, yeah, great Jamie Tom- Foxx as well too. Yeah, Jamie Foxx, Superb as yeah, Django. Yeah. yeah, fantastic performance. Yeah. And it's another film where 
you might hear the name Django and think, oh, it's a remake of the 1966 the, the Django, Django of yeah. the same name. And yeah. yes, the guy who played Django, Django also shows yes, up. But it's not. It's his yeah. version, what he calls a Southern. So it's not a Western. So he takes like right. Southern America, yeah. you know, that slavery aspect, yeah. which is a very, which I I would say is a very taboo topic in terms of yeah. American cinema. Yeah. And he just Does delves it, into it. You know, embraces yeah. it, yeah. And of course, sparked a lot of controversy. People were like, well, you know, who who's this guy to be yeah. making a film about slavery, and why is he glorifying slavery? Why is he using the N word a lot? Yeah. And that's one thing that he, he he got into hot water a lot too since since Reservoir Dogs. Right. You know, using the N word, and why should he, a white director, say that? You yeah. know. But he never. No, in this I, case I, with I, Django, he never used it to, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I could just use whoever I want. He really no, shoots like I this. Find, how bad it is. Yeah, no, is. I I find it is a ridiculous um, thing to attack him on. Yeah. Um, to me, I find it works perfectly. Yeah, um, this is how people it, spoke, you it, know? Two things, the impact of the characters, and it established early on who's the bad guys, who's the good guys. Exactly, yeah. In the storyline, it works very well. Um, and we see it a lot in this movie. Yeah, um, Christoph Waltz was also in, in Django Unchained, yeah. and Leonardo DiCaprio, who was yeah, fantastic very, very, very fantastic and in this one. again, we see Michael, we're going to yeah. talk about this with the real brother. <laughs> with, with him him sacrifices, but there's a famous story of Leo cutting himself. On yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was this one shot where he had this this colour and he broke it and yeah. he's still talking and there's his you know, his hand yeah. is still bleeding yeah. and whatnot, his palm, sorry. Yeah. It's still yeah. bleeding. Yeah. Right. And blood so, on the face and it was yeah. awesome. But just to finish up with, with Django and Chain. So that was another example for me for style and substance working together. Yeah. There's a lot of style to it, a lot of flair to it. But of course the the, the, the story and the script. Uh, of course, the script is uh, which earned him his third Academy Award win yeah. for Best Original Screenplay, which yes. is well-deserved, I still say, because yeah. that screenplay is fucking awesome. Yeah. Really so really now cool. we have Hateful Eight. Yes. This Eight film, another Western, and I would say this much, like, all right, uh, well, Django Unchained, which was set two years before the Civil War, this one was set after the Civil War. And I have yeah. a feeling probably set two years before because it seems like you know, just what happened in the war was still fresh in the characters' minds, yeah. right? So it stars Samuel Jackson. He's the lead. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. so <laughs> which returns and who's also given a better great character. Great performance. Yeah. Great performance from Kurt Russell, yeah. you know? Um, Jennifer Jason Lee, yeah. who a lot of people probably haven't heard of. I, I actually remember her from a film called uh, Single White Female. Yes. I, right, so she <laughs> yeah. is in that, but she had another big film this year. This is. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Carol, I believe the name of it? No. No, uh, not Carol. Um, um, Anomalisa. Uh, yeah, Anomalisa, yes. Which yes, I saw, yes. which I saw, which was pretty damn good, but she did the voice of one of the characters called Lisa. Yeah, that's uh, a, it, yeah, I didn't even know that was an animated film. You know. I it just did, uh, figured it as just a live action is, drama. Is, no, or something. since we're not going to do, re- do a review for it, I don't want to just take the Yeah, much, we'll do time. our Academy Awards stuff. Yes, next when month, I, for when sure. Academy Awards, because I do expect it to get awards, um, but I would say it's a movie that didn't need to be animated. Okay. That's all, that all I'll say about it. Right, um, right. It was very good. Um, and I love Charlie Kaufman, he's a fantastic writer. Um, right. But yeah, it didn't need to be animated. There's no need to see with it. Well, move it. Okay, on. right. Uh, we have we have Walton Goggins, yes, who also was in Django <laughs> and Chain. He had a very funny bit as a yeah. as a as a cowboy. Yeah. Um, Tim Roth. Yes. <laughs> great. Yeah, great. great uh, Michael Madsen, no, an- another favorite ac- um, Tarantino actor, yeah. and finally Bruce Dern, who also appeared in a mm. brief scene in, in Django and Chain as yes. Django's um, former slave master. Yeah. No, uh, right. Walter Goggins really stood out for me in this movie. He was very funny. Yes, uh, yes, he was. Close. He is close, but he's the only actor. I say he is the closest to having an arc in this. Um, in terms of him switching positions, and you know, you could see why it is he was still right, on the right. side that, of the that's law. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I was not impressed with 
with I'll say Tim Roth, even though I enjoyed him in this, he's yeah. very silly, but he's a little too much. Too much of a cartoon character. I think so. I think, yeah. but I, I'll say that that's because of the whole character thing, which I'll get to as well too. Yeah. Um, right. So it's set after the the Civil War. It's not really specified how long, right? Yeah, it's um, unclear. So you could kind of piece it together, like if you could say, all right, how long this was, and you know when Abraham Lincoln died, and who would. So in my yeah, head, although I'm not the, yeah, no, the keenest in terms of no, American right, history, no, but, no, yeah. Um, I thought, as you say, you say about two years. Yeah. About two years, because two things: a, how many, how many um, missions and how it was established, how long um, Sam Jackson was being a bounty hunter. It could have been as much as ten years. Right. It could have been at that high because again, he seemed to have a very long career as a bounty hunter and as opposed to a soldier, which he has established uh-huh. in the story. Um, but it could be as short as say five years. So I'm thinking two years maybe, but it could be as high as ten years um, because he's very famous. But it's so much not that much time passed. Um, and then um, when you say Bruce Dern's character, he is and Walter Doggett's character both familiar with Sam Jackson's character. Yeah. And which you which you won't spoil. You have to yeah, see for yourself. No, it's you very, have to see it's for very well done. And yes. I thought what I thought they were gonna do is make it about the three of them, and it was kind of. But then. We have some other things, and that was where the main story was. Right. So yes, I thought yes, it was yes. going to switch to that, and it switched back to the main story. And I, as I said, I didn't like the payoff. Um, yeah, I, I will, I will get to the payoff. I don't like the payoff, but <laughs> yeah. it was still what they did was very. There was a reveal of a character that was very funny. When he saw who it was, I was like, oh, I started. This, I immediately was in, in stitches. It was funny the first time I watched it. It was it, again funny how it how it was revealed. Right. This is in one of the last chapters uh, before four pa- four passengers. Oh, that's the, the second and last chapter, actually. Yes. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious and really well done. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, they could have done more. And then, well, what they do with that is also really funny. Right. But yeah, right. I, as I said, I thought, um, you see what's the payoff. I doesn't have a power problem with payoff, but it's still good. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. All right. So, um, like, I will, I will try to be a little careful not to reveal too much of the plot. Because, nah, trust me, going it's, into it's, it. It's a movie yeah. that you have to, it's a movie you have to use your brain for while it's going Exactly. You can't, like if, if anything spoiled for you going into it, I can't see how you'll like this. Yeah, yeah. You really have to go in fresh, not yeah. knowing much about it. Just yeah, then, knowing. Yeah, and then you piece it together. Yeah, what's and you going just piece on. it together what's going and on. That, 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 that's actually fun in the movie. You if know? You're, and if I have a workable understanding of American narrative and history, um, they, again, no character is nice in this. No, 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 no. I'll get to yeah, that they, as well they too. Keep, yes. They keep everything nice and grey, um, but it's not. It's not. It's shades of grey. It's not everyone equal. Right. Everyone. Every, every evil is not created equal here. Um, but they do it really well. Right. Um, and they do that moral, you know, the moral calculus and moral... Yeah, yeah, which is something different, I would say, compared to his, his, his other films. Yeah. Right? So, all right, so the Hateful Eight are... <laughs> I'm reading this off of my phone, guys. So we have Samuel Jackson, who plays Major Marquis Warren. Yeah. Who's he, who, who, who is a bounty hunter, actually. He, was, uh, he, he, he did serve in the Civil War, and there's this uh, story um, centered around him. Which was, and this is one thing that, um, that, that Tarantino really um, emphasizes well too, just the racism yeah. of that time. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it has certain allusions to, you know, what happened, what happened um, last year, you know, with, you know, with um, police brutality in the States, of yeah. course, you know. And he himself, um, he himself was part yeah, of some of those protests. African-Americans yeah. being shot for no reason. And yeah. then, of course, him being part of the, of the, um, of the protests as well too. Yeah. Right? We have Kurt Russell, who plays John Root, a.k.a. Yeah. the Hangman. <laughs> and I would say with his character, he's he's like a, a over macho version of 
John Wayne, of the John Wayne archetype. Yeah. He has a John Wayne kind of speech. It's like, well, come here, pilgrim, or I'll do this, or this will be the, that will be the death of me. Mm-hmm. He has that kind of fashion, yeah. but he has his over-aggressiveness about him, especially when it comes to his prisoner. Yeah. That he's transporting a prisoner by the name of DZ Domergu. Yeah, um, Played by Jennifer Jason Lee. And he is brutish. Not, I wouldn't say brutal, but he is rather brutish to her. He has her chain, yeah. and like if she speaks out of, out of line or if she goes out of line, he just slut, he just punches her. Yeah. And like the first time I saw it, I was just like, you know, what the hell? What yeah. Because, yeah. and this is again going into character as well too, because yeah. you're thinking with Kurt Russell, him being, I wouldn't say he's always a good guy, but him being Kurt Russell, you assuming that he's going to be good. Yeah. I no. see him doing these things to this this woman. It's like, well, right. you know, why are you doing this? Yeah. And then, then, and this is something very clever that he does, which I will imagine may turn some people off. But you know, with sec- with a second viewing or a third one, you really you really have to really think about it. So you're seeing this guy being aggressive to this girl, you're wondering, well, why are you doing that for? Aren't you supposed to be the good guy? And he, his character is a hangman. So basically, he's a guy who, <laughs> who, who's trying to get this prisoner to a place called Red Rock for her to get hanged for her. You know, well, she's, she's more or less a criminal. She's, I wouldn't say what she's done, basically, in terms of um, being a criminal. But, you know, at first glance, you're seeing this and you're thinking to yourself, well, why is he being this way? And you realize that she is not as good as she may seem or she's not too much a victim, you know? And that's the same thing that could be said of uh, Samuel Jackson's character as well, too. Yeah. Where throughout, people are, you know, um, not teasing him, but they're really antagonizing him because of his race. Yeah. Right? And you wonder, you know, is it the fact that he's black? Well, yes. The fact that he's black, for one thing, yeah. is the reason why they're being so, so, um, so angry and so pissed off at him. But then later on, you kind of learn about the things that he has done, that, yeah. that he did before. Yeah. Then in the film, you see things that he does, and then you're like, well, wait, no. he's not exactly the victim either. He's not that good of yeah. a person either. Yeah. And that's, well, the beauty of this film here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but getting to the, to the other characters as well, too. So we have uh, Walter, sorry, we have Walton Goggins, who plays Sheriff Chris Mannix. <laughs> and he is like the, the, the newly appointed, or soon to be newly appointed, Sheriff of Red Rock, so he's actually on his way to Red Rock, and then he runs into um, Samuel Jackson's character, yeah. Kurt Russell's, and Jennifer Jason Lee's. Yeah, right. So I love this character. More or less, is is kind of centered around these four characters getting to Red Rock, right? So there's this blizzard that takes place. Yeah, and well, there's this this midway point, which is uh, what's the name of the Minis place? Habadashi. Yeah, Minis Habadashi. Yes, <laughs> and this is just the the spot where everything else in the story takes place yeah this is where just all the major plot points take place and it's awesome right and i'll just kind of make a little detour there so what tarantino was trying to do there what he was trying to evoke i don't know if you're familiar with a movie from um john carpenter called the thing yes that is great right that's a big sci-fi horror film one of the best ever started kurt Kurt russell Russell. yes so kurt russell is the star of that it is arguably one of the best horror movies you'll see in your life yeah. and, what, and what, yes still right. effective in terms of its scale yeah, what, make, what makes that movie work is again it's another whodunit but it's different it's, yeah, yeah. you have to in, figure in, it in out that, yeah, and you have to figure out who is who but this movie does the same it gets that feeling everybody right. isolated yeah. and you have to figure out the, the battle movie right. but so, you have to make it work yeah so in that case with the thing it was about these characters stuck men in this, basically just stuck in this in this in uh, research station in where? Arctic? Like, yeah, in, in, um, in the Arctic or in, uh, no in, in um, Antarctica right okay 
there's this alien that can assume the form of whoever it inhabits. Yeah. So basically, one of the people, one of the persons, sorry, in that in that in that station could have could be the alien. And one cool thing that uh, that John Carpenter did is that when he was shooting the film, he did it in such a way that he never told the actors who was actually the alien. So when it was revealed that okay, this one guy was it, or this one guy could be it. The, the cast themselves were shocked. It was like, oh wait, no, I didn't know it was this guy yeah. sitting on right next to me, and that brought the whole sense of paranoia and fear, which that film so brilliantly captured. And also, another side note: um, legendary composer Ennio Morricone. Yeah, you may know him yes. as the guy who did the Good Bad and the Ugly theme song. Yeah. He did. He practically did the music for the entire Man with No Name trilogy. He did yeah. uh, Once Upon a Time in America yeah. and some other films as well too. But there were three songs from the Ting soundtrack which I've actually listened to and I love. It's one of my favorite soundtracks. And Tarantino actually picked up on those those score, um, those particular songs. He was like, "All right, first off, I want you to to to, to do the score for my movie. I want you to do it." So it's not like. We're using scores from other movies as well too. I want you to do the score for it. But I also want to use your three songs from the Ting soundtrack. And I think there was one that he used from another movie called Ex- The Exorcist 2, right. The Heretic, which I've always avoided because I heard that was, uh, that was a shitty remake. Sorry, sequel. Right. So he used those four songs in the movie. And how he used it in the film were brilliant as well too. It really brought that sense of darkness, of cool, and that was what the movie really tried to emphasize on. I, I would say this as a Tarantino fan, this is probably his darkest and most bleak film, but in a very, very good way. Um, so right, so we have the other four characters which make the Hateful Eight, which is, forgive me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, we have Damian Bichir okay. as Bob. Right. He's a Mexican guy. Yeah. Um. yeah. He was just this kind of like at first, it was kind of like, wait, no, is this a caricature of, like, uh, you know, the, 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 the gringo character of yeah. Westerns? I we don't have no passport. Let me see your stinking yeah. passport. Pretty that much. kind of character. Yeah, yeah. But once again, character as well, too. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, Tim Roth as <laughs> Oswaldo Mowbray. Yeah, love And, him. yeah, I, I do agree with, 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 uh, with no, okay, Ricardo. So, he so, is a little over the top yeah, as... Yeah, he's basically, he's basically Nigel Thornberry. Yeah. He has this really like this distinct English accent. So it's like, I'm Oswaldo Mowbray and yeah. I am too. I'm the hangman. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Uh, we have Michael Madsen as Joe Gage, a.k.a. the cow puncher. Mm-hmm. And we never see him punch any cows, but he's, he's called the cow puncher for some odd reason. Yeah. And finally, we have Bruce Dern as General, sorry, as General. General Sanford. Yes. He's a he former done? Confederate general, general as well, yeah. too. And he's just this guy in the background. He's just sitting down there just observing things. And you kind of wonder well, what he has to do with the story, you yeah. know. And then soon enough, you reveal that, mm-hmm. yes, he does. It's not a major part, but it has something to it's do with important. how, yeah. how the, the story just does this complete 180. Yeah. So without revealing too much, it's just really these eight characters there in this haberdashery in the night trying to survive this blizzard just trying to you know just to kill time and then as soon as we start to learn more about the characters and just certain aspects about the characters are revealed you know certain aspects of distrust you know we, we yeah there's a lot of distrust and that distrust just reveal just elevates into you know more paranoia and then of course in tarantino fashion 
bloody violence. Yes. So things happen, people uh, die in really ridiculous ways, and then you're kind of like wondering that's who that's did what. That's you know? I, I see what happened with this one because I thought he would have gone again. The movie would have, if he didn't decide to go too bloody with this one, I would have enjoyed it a little more because I really love the first two thirds, half the two thirds of this right. movie. So, so you, you felt he could have been more restrained with the violence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if it was, if it was a little more grounded, um, Especially Bob's death. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there are some moments where yeah. it's kinda like he just doing this just a gross all the yeah. orders just to get a rise out of them. But yeah. Once again cinema experience, I guess. Yeah, so. especially that character, I was like, This serious. Whoever. Yeah. Um it was too ridiculous what they do with that. Um yeah, no, he still so I find this is the thing with with Tarantino. I find he he should he should have shown restraint for this one. Because if he showed a little more restraint for this one, I would have enjoyed it more. I'm sure of it. All right. If it was grounded a lot more, especially if the violence was more, not this explosive. Yeah, because it is surprisingly explosive. Like yeah. I would say, it's like how Django and Chain was like when people exactly. get but with, shot, with, for with example, Django, with Django, it feels more explosive. Right, but Django, Django yeah. was a comic. That's yeah. what it was. It was it, Django was like a, a, a serial adventure. You know, Django rescuing his his maiden from the. The evil yeah. white man, right? That, that's what it felt like. That's what it was. Right. Um, but this, I thought, you know, okay, you're making the characters grayer. Make everything gray. Make everything grayer. Okay, I know wrong. what you mean. I know what and, mean. And he to put the cartoonish level of violence in this one. That yeah. kind of was a little, little trim off a little. Right. I, I understand where you're coming from because, um, like in this film, it's it, it feels a lot more mature in terms of like um, the storytelling. Yeah. You could tell there's a lot of allusions, to, you know, like what's going on in terms of racism, you know, in, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in America right, right yeah. now. Yeah. Or the the or what we think is subtle racism or you well, know, yeah, no, yeah, I totally view. understand and he, he's, yeah. he's, he's a very liberal man you yeah, know, we, so, you know this yeah, especially with Samuel Jackson's character you know, at first it's all like you know, they're, they're, they're dissing him a lot because he's black they call him the N-word a lot yeah. practically nearly everybody in the film you know, calls him the N-word right. and that's just because of who he is but then yeah. it's like well, I was a soldier I served in this war yeah. I deserve as much respect as you guys but then at the same time you realise this man did despicable things. You know? and and that, it's because he's a soldier. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was the beauty about this movie. And that's like, at first it threw me off. It was kind of like, it kind of like, I didn't, I didn't expect it to go that way. But when I saw it again, it's like, I understood a lot more. Yeah. Is that, yes, the characters are great. It, it is, that's why the title is called The Hateful Eight. It's not, okay, they're good because they're good or they're bad. It's not so much about good or bad. It's really about hate. Yes. That's the main thing, yeah. hate. And just, what causes somebody to be as hateful to as hateful as all that to do certain things, you know? So you know, with Samuel Jackson's character, there's certain things that you see, which I wouldn't reveal, and certain things that you hear about him doing and then it's like, well, why are you doing Well, at first you kinda of wonder, well, you know, why would he do something like that? And then of course it's because of hate. If he wasn't black in America and if he wasn't, you know, treated that way and then of course maybe it's because of where he was in terms of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. You know, then he wouldn't have done the things he did, but because he was where he was, then he had to do it. You know, and then you could argue, well, maybe it was all self-centered, or it was all about survival, or maybe not. Maybe it was just because you know, just means an end. But still, that's really up to the to the viewer. That's really up to the viewer to judge. It's just these characters; they did these these despicable things, but you have to kind of understand or try to get a sense of why. You know, and. That was that was the thing that kind of threw him off the first time because you know seeing like I said Kurt, Kurt Russell's character being this sort of asshole you know, but a likable asshole in a sense because just the way how he's performed, why he always how, uh, how Kurt Russell plays him you know, you kind of like him on the way how he delivers his, his performance, but still 
you're not supposed to like him, you know. Yeah. But because it's Kurt Russell playing this character, you kind of like him, and that goes that goes back to what I was saying before about characters. Yeah. Tim Roth, especially as well, too. You know, playing this kind of debonair, debonair kind yeah. of Englishman. But yeah. at the same time, he 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 says he's a hangman, and he also confesses in one scene that he doesn't care if he hangs a man or a woman because there's this question well how do you feel hanging a woman it's like well no, it's nothing me, to me because if I, this if I, is my job yeah no they do a good job with the whole idea of justice and yeah frontier know. justice yeah. as well too yeah they do a lot of great great they, no so it, it, as I said it is if it wasn't for the violence being so ridiculous and comical <laughs> yes yes it um, was it would have been a much stronger film for me. Yeah. So as I said the two things now again I, re- I recant my position on the length of the film being a weakness it is not Right. I thought so. Um, watching it for the first time, and then second time around, I was like, "No, the, you told, the time totally yeah. flew by watching it. Watching it over, um, the a lot of material and, and dialogue about what they're talking about. With respect to the idea of basically, yeah, no one is innocent, but you're not at the same time. You don't, you don't treat, you don't throw it out, and you don't throw all the baby about what in terms of morality. Exactly. Yeah. And it's still justice has to be served from X, Y, and Z standpoint. Yeah. And, and as you think too and, and, and I, I know that will like for me it, it turned more off slightly especially with the end with how, how it turns out that you know is this justice or is this retribution right. well, what they, happens they, they, do a, they do a great job with it because um, with the, again with the payoff uh, the, the last line where they wanted to re, real respect a certain character um, yeah. his wishes uh, they do a good job with that and I was like okay this is where the strength of the film is Yeah, and it was good it's a good ending. I still would have preferred something bit better or different. Yeah, I, but, I actually agree. I think the ending worked. could have had a little bit more polish. Yeah, but it right. But it, it still was work. I still got where he was going with, with this and why it is a story. It ha- it's, a, it's a strong movie in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and even the end of it too, just the way how it ends, which of which I, I, I need to keep stressing. I won't. I won't reveal because you need to see it for yourself. It has this really bleak end, like just. And I think this is just him yeah. um, going back to like how the thing ended, yeah. that movie ended. Because that ending is very, very bleak. Yeah. My God, that was a bleak yeah. ending. And in this case, it was more bleak on a social um, context. In, in terms of, you know, maybe, we, maybe one day things might be better. Maybe things will work out. But for now, probably not, you know. And we've seen this. In the, in the film in terms of a civil war setting that yes the war has ended but you know it's not like we're all free you know we're always going to p- face persecution we're always going to face discrimination now yeah. we see it's, it's kind of like an allusion to today now mm-hmm. where you know we think we're free we think that we you know things are fine but actually it's not exactly that great and yeah. it may not be for the best it might not things might be better you know at the end of the day and that was that's, that's where I saw the maturity in the script where yeah. it's, it's like him no, kind of yeah. looking at yeah. You know, um, you know, just how things are today yeah. from a social perspective. Yeah, yeah it's a very reflective skill. Um, yeah, it was, it was. And I, yeah, so it's a strong movie and it's a movie that I think it'll... It, I do believe if I give it extra watchings, I'll probably enjoy it more and more over time. Same here, same here. I get the feeling with that because it, the, it very, very, very rarely a movie I watch the second time and I enjoy it more than the first time. Me too. Again, I, it, yeah. you know, Sadi is an experiment I can't run where uh, I could have just seen it the first time in... Oh, I see it on big screen, yeah, screen and the first time. And I really regret. Time. I really regret, and then watch it over home. You know, usually that's how it goes. Yeah. But this time it was the opposite because of the screen already. Um, Alright. And I would have, you know. Yeah. That's the thing. So. Well, I I I actually compare that to like my experience with um with with Inglorious Bastards, where right. I went in expecting, well, not really not, not knowing what to expect. I I just expected a war film. 
right. with a little mix of spaghetti western it and thing. And right. I got something way different. And, and while I enjoyed the film, it still kind of took me back a bit. I was like, this is not what I expected. But then when I watched it again on big screen, second time, I was like, okay, now I like it. I, I like it a little bit more now. I know when I saw it to the fourth time, you know, on home media. I enjoyed it, but not as much as, say, Kill Bill or whatnot. So, yeah. for me, I would say there's, like, three categories of, like, Tarantino films. So, there's, like, style and substance working hand-in-hand. Hand. That would be, like, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, um, Django Unchained, all of which I love. Yeah. So, there's that category. And then there's substance over style, which is, like, Inglorious Bastards, Jackie Brown, and, in this case, Hateful Eight. Yeah. Where it's not so much about the style and the visual aesthetic and how it looks. Yeah. Is about the substance, about yeah. the stories, about the characters, yeah. what's going even on. Though, even though it's it's very well shot. Um, yeah. Oh yes, and, and props to Robert Richardson. Yeah. Um, who is who has been the director of photography for a lot of Tarantino's films? Who? He does a fantastic job with this. You okay. know, you Wait, see a lot of. Who um produced this movie? Wine scenes produced this. Yeah, the wine scenes producer. No, that is hilarious because I was like, what well, wine scenes? Do usually don't yeah. skimp on money. Yeah, but this it had to be but, expensive. But movie what, was, what, was, what was different compared like to his last two films? Because um. All right, like Jiang Wanchin, they had Columbia Pictures supporting them. So Tarantino, of course, you know, he loves his 60s and 70s movies. He would show the old intro for Columbia Pictures, um, for, uh, which, is, which is really cool, by the way. Um, with Inglourious Bastards before that, Universal Studios were support, well, um, had, a, had a hand in it as well, too. So he used the old Universal Studios logo as well, too, right, yeah. before the film starts. And this one with Hateful Eight, it was just the wine scenes. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, the wine scenes, uh, yeah, they, they did produce it as well, too. Ah, yes. So um, oh, yeah. Well, well let, me just, let me just wrap up with this. Yeah. Answer, right? So, props to Robert Richardson, who yeah. did a fantastic job with the, with the visuals. Yeah, this, you really yeah. got Another the sense I, I of cold and isolation yeah, as well. I noticed it first in the, in the, in the um, carriage. They had these weird spotlights ever so often. Mm-hmm. That, was, that stood out to me. Uh, you oh, know, this um, is the first time in the character when he showed the, the medium shot, yeah. Yeah, but they, they had these spotlights, like shine, shining lights just on a thing. Yes, yes, So, yes. like, um, an example of that would have been um, when they he showed... He also the, did that in, in Django and Chain. Yeah, a lot, yeah. yeah. there was the bar scene. Yeah, they, they had right, and they had, they, when they showed the Lincoln letter for the first time. Um, right. They showed that, you saw it, you saw it on the table, you saw it in the background a couple of times. That was kind of strange. Yeah. yeah. But I think that was that was, that was just that was just style. That was yeah, just to, to add I was like, oh, this light just bright, bright, bright. And I was like, wait, the, the sunlight's so bright through the through the um, window <laughs> on top of the like can't be that bright. Yeah, yeah. I know what I mean, I mean. Um so yeah, performances were great throughout. Yeah. I would say like I, like Jennifer Jason Lee's I, I thought her performance was like I felt it was too subdued. The first time I saw it, I thought it was just too subdued because she was just the prisoner and she was just, you know, um just there in the back not really there in the background, but she was just caged yeah. to this person you know it's like what's the big deal she's just caged she's crude she's vile yeah. you know she takes every, a punch every once in a while she's, yeah she's gross like yeah. unbelievably she, gross she cleared, she but cleared. then you know she the second cleared, time I saw it it's like, not out on those yeah but like the second time I saw it it's like okay yes I understand I, I get where the appeal comes from you know it's a very bold performance a very brief performance I don't think it was easy for her to, to do just her being a victim and then realizing that she's not so much the victim, you know. Um, if she wins, uh, 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 that wins, but if she gets a, a supporting actress nom at the Academy Awards, great. Yeah, no, totally. I don't expect I, her to I, win it, but no, if no, she yeah, wins, she had to get a cool. Something. No, yeah. because in terms of supporting actress, I can't see anybody else doing anything yeah. that big. Because probably uh, this other girl in um, uh, Carol. Um, um, who, was, who was that again? Um, Numi Rapace, I think. 
On, oh, right. Yeah. Right, okay. Best of, right. But you could say she's main actor too, so whatever. Yeah. Um, Kurt Russell, just glad to see that he yeah. that that Tarantino got a great performance out of him with this one. Yeah. I mean, not like he wasn't great in in um in uh Death Proof, but yeah, just yeah. for me, just he, he wasn't given that much to do. But in this one, he got a lot to do. Yeah. He stood out, like I say, as this sort of over macho version of John Wayne. You know. Um, Samuel Jackson kills it once again. He is, I wouldn't say he is the standard performance, but just what he does with his performance, that greenness in him was excellent as well too. Yeah. But major props goes to Walter Goggins. Yeah. He is like the standout performance in this entire film. As soon as he, as he steps in, he, he just, I don't know, it's just something about the way his character is, the way he, um, he, is, he, he plays the character as well too. Fantastic! Yeah, I do see him getting a, a, a Academy Award nomination. If he wins, wow! I would say is 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 well deserved. You know? Yeah. No, he had to get a little something. Uh, yeah. Best yeah. supporting more than likely. Um, he was excellent in this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. So overall, for me, just to round things up, uh, like I would say, like just going back to the to the categories. So that there's like I said, there's the style and substance working hand to hand with you know Kill Bills and stuff. Yeah. Then there's substance over style, which I would say Jackie Brown, Inglourious Basses, and now Hateful Eight. Yeah. Um, and then we have Death Proof. That's just a category on its own, yeah, where well, it's just he lost focus, he yeah. didn't know what he was doing. Shit. Whatever. Yeah. So, I agree with you. It's not the. I, I would say it's not my all-time favorite, favorite of you know Tarantino's Tarantino, yeah. work. I would say it's his most challenging work. I would say it's his, his darkest work yeah. to date. Um, his most thought-provoking. I would say it's like just. The allusions to you know just how America is in terms of, of of a social perspective, that was very brave and very bold as well too. You could see it on screen. You could see that 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 stinging sort of yeah. bitterness to how you know African Americans are being treated you know in the states right now. Right. But what was really interesting that he doesn't delve too much into it, but just the fact that you know things more or less haven't changed, even though we as black people are technically free things haven't really exactly changed so much for the better and you know it's not gonna get any better I guess yeah so yeah um, I would say a lot of people are gonna go into this a lot of people I would say might not like it as much people might go in expecting Django Unchained I would say right. do not go in expecting Django Unchained this is not Django Unchained right. just the same way Inglourious Bastards is not Kill Bill this yeah. is something totally different yeah Nagaruda right um, um, so uh, yeah so what else I was gonna say before I get to my rating um Watch this with an open mind. Go in. Watch. Definitely see this on big screen. Yeah. Have a big ass bag of popcorn because you'll need it. Yeah. And also have a sweater with you because this is going to be a very cool movie. Like I, I watched this yesterday. Mm-hmm. I had my sweater. I was like, God, this movie <laughs> yeah, was real cool. You like you it really felt cool. You know? replicated this movie. Yeah. So rating wise, I would give this a strong four out of five nice. stars. Okay, wow. See this in cinema. See this on big screen as soon as you can. I am definitely gonna buy this on Blu-ray. Yeah. I hope it it uh, in the Blu-ray version. I hope it has that roadshow version. So I'm expecting. Yeah, no, I, I totally that want that. Yeah. And by the way, the, the music from Ennio Morricone really oh, sets that too. dark tone, especially the theme song. Yeah. That theme song is gonna stick <laughs> in your brain for, for for weeks to come. Yeah. So yeah, uh, like I say, not as not as greatest work. It's no, it's not as fun as Django. Yeah. It's not as um, stylish as Kill Bill, but yeah. definitely a bold and brave film. I, Can't wait to see what he brings out next. Yeah, I give this. Yeah, I give it a really, really good score. I give it a low IMAX. All right. Uh, it deserves. It deserves go second IMAX. Um, right. It's yeah. very good. It's not not one of my favorite of his. Again, it's only because of the, the payoff and the ending. 
Yeah, um, yeah. The, the ending is, I would say, is one but, you, you really have to think about because yeah. it hits you really hard in the end. It, it, like, the first time I saw it, I was stunned. I was just like shocked. I was speechless. But then when I watched it over and I thought about it, I was like, oh, now I see what he's doing. Yeah. So, yeah, you need to watch it. I, I would I would really strongly suggest watching more than once. But, mm. yeah. Get back to your saying? Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Low IMAX, um, I do recommend. You should go see it. Uh, is it showing in IMAX at all in Toronto? Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't mind actually going back and seeing it in IMAX. Just to yeah. get that, that full yeah. you know, expanse of the screen and how the frame is. And but the argument that it wasn't released for IMAX. No, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, this movie is excellent. I totally recommend it. Um, just to you know, just try to start wrapping up the episode. Now. Yeah, you know, I it's agree. a shame that the, the Revenant didn't come out in time because I didn't want to do the Revenant until it actually released. Um, yeah, even though we see it already. Yeah, but uh, the Revenant is coming out this week. Well, right, this week and uh, right. this week. Uh, I really wanted to do this and the Revenant at the same time. Yeah, That's actually, it. me too. Yeah. Basically, two <laughs> basically the two grimy quote unquote westerns. Um, yeah, well, yes. a western set in set, right. yeah. Pilgrim times, um, horses, and hats, the funny thing is, is that both of those movies were, were scheduled to come out on Christmas Day. Right. I was telling myself, you know, I was I was Just like, oh gosh, if only I was in the States, I could have seen both movies. Yeah, one time. You know, and I, I actually watched both screeners. I was like, wow, that would have yeah. kind of messed up my Christmas, but yeah. I'd have loved it. Just seeing those really cold, bleak films. Yeah. From two great directors, of yeah, course. Yeah. You know? um, so, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Revenant, Revenant yeah, next week. Yeah, um, next take a teen. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So Right. So in closing, um where can we find you online? Oh yes, you can find me at Armedi. Uh that's at Ampasat. Um R M E D D Y. Say Ampasat. Yeah, that's what it means. That's what that's what amp, amp, like Ampasan. Amp, yeah. Yeah. That's Ampasat at R M E D D Y on Twitter. And then you could find my name on Facebook. I am the ninth, the hateful ninth. Yes. Ricardo Medina, you could find. And if you have any hateful shit to wish on him or to, to, to yes. wish ill of. Pure, pure hate. Yeah, just just feel free to, to write on his wall or leave pure, a message or two. Pure hate. So, no, right. So, uh, Twitter is the, my main zoning domain of contact. Um, right. So, anything you want to follow or just follow anything I'm talking about to do in which um, basically if you follow my Twitter account it's just this ridiculous Jaden Smith style philosophy you're seeing which is brilliant Jaden uh, uh, so Smith in 2016 yeah basically uh, not, not something I'm looking forward yeah, to I wouldn't right be wearing I wouldn't be wearing Louis Vuitton dresses anytime soon but, nah, nah, nah. but uh, yeah so you can, you can find me on Twitter I'll just my opinions on uh, my ideas and just back and forth you can just contact me there and that's it uh, Matthew where can we contact you sir alright on Twitter you can find me on Legally Black MJB MJB in capital letters um, if you want to talk more or if you want to express your thoughts on um, on the Heatful Eight if you've seen it before or on Tarantino in general or if you think you are a bigger fan of Tarantino than me you could also find me on Facebook. Just type in Machi Bailey. Um, also, for the link to this podcast and previous podcasts that we did and written pod... Uh, sorry. Why am I saying written podcast? Sorry. Oops. My bad. Written reviews that I've done before. You could look up um, Illegally Black official fan page or fan base, sorry, on Facebook. Um, if you Google it or Yahoo or whatever your search engine is, you could find... Just type in legallyblack.wordpress.com. You see a link to this podcast and all the other stuff that we've done before. Um, and what are your thoughts on Hateful Eight if you've seen it uh, yeah. or are you intending to see it I strongly suggest you should yeah. uh, did you like the film did you hate the film did you like the end did you agree with it did you understand it um, do you think that Tarantino a bit of a bit of more than he could chew with this film do you think um, Django and Chain was a better film and what do you think was the, the, the best Tarantino film ever you know so leave a comment or two 
I mean, this is up on YouTube as well too, so you know, feel free to leave a comment on it. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for this episode of Beers yeah. Meets Bailey with right. Matthew Bailey. And Ricardo Medina. Yes. So um, until The Revenant, which yeah. we definitely sh- Next, we, yeah. we should be checking out this week. Yeah, that's why this episode is yeah. so short. So yeah. it's a Dua Revenant review one time. Yeah. Um, I will try to check it out this week for sure. Yeah, if not, sure. then probably next week and then we can do that review yeah. after right. that. So we'll look forward to that. All right. Later, All right. people. Later. And like I said before, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. Oh, and please like and share and leave a comment or two. Yeah. So take care. Later. All right.